welcome, welcome to this third and final episode of season six of the Purple Rains podcast. I'm your host, T.T. James. Welcome, welcome. So this is, I'm going to get right to it, the chosen versus the free. So I'm going to do a quick recap of what I was talking about in the last couple episodes, because that's kind of what, I think they're all kind of connected, kind of, in a way. But I'll make the connection anyway. So I hear a lot of people, whether in a religious context or not, talking about the chosen. And, um, you know, there could it could be chosen as in the chosen um, people of God or what God's chosen people. But I'm also hearing the chosen ones. Like there are people who believe that, you know, because they're not following the status quo or they're not following the the so-called systems that be that are in power right now that they're somehow chosen. Anyway, it seems to be a long list of people on this chosen list. And then, you know, the other people who believe that they are the designated chosen. So that could mean a lot of different things. But uh, chosen is not as, um, let me see, what's the word? You know, it, it is a coveted thing to want to be chosen. Everybody wants to be chosen. But when you consider what chosen means, which is what I'm going to get into, it's not all that, <laughs> to put it simply, all right? All right, so in the first episode, I was talking about the optics versus the narrative and how to control both, how the narrative is now being used to control the optics. Um, it used to be that a picture was worth a thousand words, but it's not like that anymore because people can interpret pictures however they want. <clears throat> and so now the main focus is on controlling the narrative um, controlling the lore or the story, the history. So to get right into it, let's define the chosen versus the free. All right. When you're chosen, um, and this was, um, from the Bible, I can't believe I'm mentioning the Bible again. And, and, but when I mentioned the Bible, it's not just from a biblical standpoint, it's more from an Abrahamic standpoint. And it's because I have the Bible here. Like I have a Quran, but I don't really read the Quran. So I'm just using the Bible, but they, the Quran, the Bible, the Torah, they're all the same. They follow the same story of Abraham. And so the people of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are the supposed chosen ones. All right. Then this goes across all of those Abrahamic religions, these monotheist religions. But if you really consider who, who these men were, um, Abraham was told to kill his son, Isaac. So Abraham's the one who took his son, Isaac, up on the mountain and tried to kill the kid. And then Isaac grew up to be so blind that he blessed the wrong son and gave the wrong son, um, the blessing or the wrong son got the birthright. He gave, um, Esau's blessing to Jacob. And then Jacob turns out to be a deceiver who swindled his brother out of his blessing and out of his birthright. So there's nothing really too admirable about these three men, but somehow people feel like they want to be chosen by them. Um, so these are the followers of the one God or the followers of the laws of uh, the one God's laws that are that were given down to Moses. So all of these people want to be chosen. They, But if you consider um, being chosen, it's passive. You know, you are, if you are chosen, you don't decide what you are chosen for, because if you're chosen, that means it's passive. You're chosen by someone, someone had to choose you. So you are following that person in that ideology, doctrine, or whatever it may be. And so you are chosen to do that. The choosers don't get to decide anything. They don't get to choose because you are chosen. So you kind of just have to go along. So they're beholden to the chooser. Then you have the free and free means exempt from. So they're not beholden to any man-made law or authority or any of the commandments passed down, whatever, whatever. They act by choice and not by legal obligation. A lot of the, the people who are chosen or who feel like they need to depend on a certain doctrine or a book like a lot of these books are pretty much a manual to say what's right and what's righteous and what is not. Now, a lot of people, if they didn't have the book, then they would not 
know how to navigate the world. They wouldn't have their own personal moral compass. It's the book that tells them what is moral and what is not. So if it was proven somehow that the book was a f like um, a fake or that it wasn't real, then a lot of people would be disillusioned and they wouldn't know which way to turn. And so would they have a moral compass at that point? Would they be able to find their own? And so a lot of people think that they're, you know, it's, it's fine to have a belief system. I believe that everyone should start somewhere. Um, but it's important to be able to grow from that. It would like you have this starting point and a guide. We'll call it that. We'll call these books a guide. But if you're depending on the guide the whole way through, then you haven't really learned anything. You haven't mastered anything. And so you, it's pretty much you're going like imagine you buy a new car. Would you constantly be looking at the user manual of the car? Do you need to do that? Or do you consult the manual as the need may arise? Or, you know, or you get to know the car, but eventually you get used to the car and you're driving it and you're comfortable enough with it that you don't have to constantly look at the user manual every time you have to get into that car. It's the same thing with life. You don't, a lot of people come into this life and they have their user manual or their holy script or text or whatever, and then they'll, they'll carry that uh, manual or consult that manual all of the time. <laughs> they don't know how to drive the car without the manual. That's not realistic. That wouldn't really happen. So why do you do the same thing with a life where you're constantly consulting this manual, <clears throat> trying to um, find out what you should do or shouldn't do? All right. So the free people are active. The free to be free is active. Um, they are leaders. They get to decide or they get to um, decide who or what to choose. So the free people are the choosers. Meanwhile, the chosen do not choose. So that brings me, um, well, before I get to that, I was going to get to, um, beginning, like where did these choosers come from or these chosen come from? Because the chosen are the beggars. Beggars can't be choosers <laughs> and the chosen are the beggars. They want to be chosen. If they're not chosen, what else are they going to do? Now, before I get to that, I just wanted to break down this name, um, Jacob, because um, I heard it. Anyway, it's it's coming up a lot. And that's because I, I was telling you about the show. This is the third time I'm mentioning it in this um, in this podcast It's the third time I'm mentioning the show. But it's because I finally finished it. Like I was binge watching a series called Lost. And in the series, a bunch of people, they get a plane crashes and they get um, lost on this island this mysterious island anyway there's a whole bunch of um occult and um esoteric symbolism and all that inside the show even down to the names of the people anyway so this name um jack and jacob keeps coming up a lot um lately jack jacob john which is all the same name and i'm noticing it a lot in media stories. I'm not going to go through all of them. There are a whole bunch of people online who um, decode these types of things, but Jack, Jacob, the Joker, all of that, they're all the same. Um, now this, uh, this word Jack is like a version of the name Jacob or James, this guy, this deceiver. And if you think about the Joker or the Jack in the box, these things are, in French, it's called the diable en bois. So it's the devil in the box. And so this Joker was first created by a German guy called Klaus, actually. Um, I don't remember the first name, but so this jack in the box or this trickster or whatever it is, is the same thing as the deceiver or Jacob. Okay. <laughs> They're all the same people. And that it's, this Joker character is coming up a lot. I think they even have, um, they had the Joker movie come out and now they're having, I believe it's the Riddler, but the, the whole, um, mimetic persona, this funny guy, you hear, um, a lot of stories to deal with comedians. And so all of these comedians are in the news, but they represent 
the Joker. Even Will Smith is a Canadian. He's done a comedian. <laughs> Excuse me. He's done a lot of serious movies, but um, you know him from his come up was as a comedian in the French Fresh Prince. Where's my head at? Like I, I'm talking about. Anyway. Anyway, so what what that made me think about was James Bond because James is the same as Jacob um John, Jack, Jacob, James, they're all the same thing. And I remember I was watching the um James Bond movie. I think it was sometime at the big maybe last year or sometime. I don't, I don't remember how long ago that was. It seems like it wasn't that long ago, but the last James Bond movie where Bond actually dies. Now, I was talking about in the last podcast about bonds and the bonds that we make, these love bonds and trauma bonds and how people bond and that um, love or hate or any kind of attachment, whatever, it's a bond, okay? It's a chemical reaction. And it's funny because the name James, which is the same as Jacob, it was James Bond, the James Bond or the bond with that Jacob, uh, with this whole idea of Jacob and the 12 tries of Jacob or the 12 Jacob slash Israel. But then in the show or in the movie, excuse me, James Bond actually dies. So it's like this is an iconic character that's been going on for years and all of a sudden now it's over the franchise is done and so the James Bond is dead the James Bond or Jacob Bond is over so that was kind of coded in the movie right and then in the movie the James Bond was over because that bond was carrying some type of nanotech that can wipe out his um his uh or his lover's bloodline or, or his own bloodline his child bloodline really anyway so the the i i could decode that but i'm not i'm not going to do that that's not my lane right but uh, i just wanted to point out the um the uh coding and the in the meaning of the word the james bond because the james bond is dead the jacob bond is over uh, hollywood is secretly saying that now, these, the beginning of the last year, or it's been really not even just from the beginning of the last year, but it's been for a little while now where people are talking about their freedoms and are fighting for freedom. But the same people who are fighting for freedom want to stick to a law. I'm going to have a sip of water. Give me a sec. You can't say you want to be free from the doom or free from the dome free from these laws or exempt from these laws because that's the def definition of freedom is to be exempt from these laws and these authorities but that's why they these people will never get their freedom because they don't know what they want they don't know what they're asking for they're asking to be free but they still want to follow a law so a lot of the people who are asking for the freedom they just want to stick with the laws that already exist they're attached to this way of life. They don't want to leave this way of life. And so what they're fighting for is not to progress into this digitized or globalized future that uh, we see on the horizon. They want to stick with what the world is now. And that's always happened, even before the revolutions, you know, across the Americas, whatever, and in Europe and wherever, all these revolutions throughout the centuries uh, and millennia everybody wants to always stick with what they're comfortable with they get attached they form these bonds and they never want to let it go okay so a lot of this conversation that was happening about freedom was more like i want to be free to uh stick with the bonds that i already have i want to be free to choose to stay beholden or captive you know so it didn't make any sense. It was contradictory. And that's why these people are not going to get what they want because they don't really know what they want. So let's go to the Adam and Eve story. This is going to be a quick, quick podcast because I want it to be short. Um, and I just want to get to the point really, but excuse me. Oh my goodness. 
I just had a lunch, excuse me, that is so gross. But um I I might clip that <laughs> So um yeah, to Adam and Eve. Now this is a story about choice and about these people who are uh, about being chosen, you know, beholden to the chooser, um, and then being free to choose. And so Adam, Eve was a chooser. She was a chooser. She was free to choose. And Adam was not. A lot of people, uh, when they tell the story or their perspective of the story is that Eve, it's Eve's fault. You know, she was deceived. It, it's not like, oh, she was deceived by the serpent and they feel bad for her. No, they focus more on Eve de deceived her mate. <laughs> you know, she made him do it. It was almost like he didn't have a choice. She tricked him. <laughs> all right. So the serpent, first of all, in the Bible, before that, there's no talk of the devil. People just make this kind of stuff up. But before the story of Genesis, there's no talk of the devil. So everything that you know about this devil or Shaitan, Satan, Lucifer, all of that, that comes way after. So there's no story of who this devil is, what his relationship with God is, so on, so on. All we know about that story it's that it happens early on in the book and nothing's happening before that. Before that, all that happened really is that God made the heaven and the earth and all the things in it and everything. And then this happened. So, and then everything else, people just make up lore and stuff like that after the fact, okay? But if you go strictly by the scripts or the scripture, it, it nothing happens before this. So Adam and Eve are in the garden and they're not making any choices. They're just doing what they were selected to do. They were chosen by God. She was chosen by God. She was created to be Adam's mate. And so before I, I um, get into the story, just to understand the serpent, because in the book, it says that this serpent was the most clever of all the animals, the most discerning. So these are not things that were, um, God or the word wasn't disrespecting the serpent. It actually acknowledges that the, the, the serpent is clever and serpents are clever. They're the closest to nature. If you follow, if you want to look how, if you're in a cave, for example, and you want to get out, you would follow the serpent. The serpents follow the trade or the trades or the trade winds. And so that's why you see the caduceus, um, the symbol of the caduceus or the two snakes wrapped around the stick is the symbol. It's connected to commerce because they're associated with trade. The serpent also has the, the poison and the cure built within it and uh, with the venom and the antitoxin in the venom and the blood. So the the cure and the toxin is within the serpent and that's why it was become it became associated with medicine and that um that venom that's inside the snake it's made up of a lot of these what do you call them like these uh minerals these essential minerals that we have like sodium potassium magnesium it's like high high very elevated levels of these things and the reason why these snakes can pick up that type of venom is because they're so close to the ground and so their their skin is constantly or has evolved to have that amount of the minerals in it because they are always touching the earth and picking up these minerals absorbing it and passing it on through the bloodline now snakes in the garden like the snake that would have been in the garden garden snakes are harmless they don't have venom okay so that snake that was in the garden was harmless it wasn't doing anything it wouldn't it doesn't bite it's not a venomous snake and so when we talk about things being venomous and being spiteful that snake wasn't even that this was an innocent garden snake so right so i just wanted to get that out of the way about um the snakes and why they're such revered animals right and then the reason why they're so tied to the female why they wrote the story that way why the script was written that way is because the females 
are similar in that they do require more of these minerals. The um, uh, They're not electrolytes, but they're essential minerals, all right, uh, like um, your magnesium, potassium, so on, so on. And they require most of that. And then when uh, women have their periods, we lose a lot of that. So it's almost like we're losing the serpent. A serpent is abundant in those types of minerals. So when the woman has her period, she loses the serpent. So she's associated with the serpent, not just that, but because she could slough off the skin and so on. So on. there are many different reasons why the woman is associated with the serpent. But uh, that's one of the main ones is that we lose these essential minerals or that serpent energy when we go through our period. Now, back to this Adam and Eve, uh, or to the serpent and Eve. When the serpent came to the garden, the serpent gave Eve a choice. God didn't give Eve a choice. Okay, God told Adam and Eve what they were going to be, what they were going to do. So everybody, it's it's interesting that all these people who are talking about freedom of choice and this, this and that, they can still, in the same breath, they are Christians who would still blame, um, who would still look at the story of Eve and the serpent and say that she did something wrong and that Satan was evil. But because, remember, this is just a serpent, Um it was not, it's not clear and evident that the serpent is the devil. You understand? There are some parts of the mythology that says that um, the serpent was Lilith, that it was the spirit. It was a spirit, a feminine spirit that um, deceived Eve. But it, it wasn't even a deception. It, the serpent clearly laid out to Eve what the choice was surely you will be as god you will know what god knows now that's what everybody wants today everybody wants to know everybody loves that they can read everybody loves that they can um seek truth and that they can understand their universe that they can ask questions like where did we come from and where are we going had it not been for this so-called serpent if you really want to believe the story had it not been for that, had it not, if, even if you don't want to think of it literally and you're just thinking of it allegorically, had it not been for the woman first saying that she wants to know the woman was first curious and then through the curiosity of, because that's what really the story is about, is that the woman was curious. The woman was the one who was seeking knowledge. The woman was the one who wanted had to have an understanding of how she related to her earth and do everything in it, how she, her period related to the cycles of the moon, how her gestation period related to this Venus's cycle, and how the sun cycle related to um, life or uh, to the seasons and how the seasons were divided and, and so on, so on. It was the woman who was curious about that and who took advantage of that, took an interest in that, to use those types of things to measure time and to create this division of events that we would later know as time. as the woman who first did that. And so they wrote this story talking about associating the woman with the serpent because they are similar in that sense. The, the serpent is very much connected to the earth. It moves with the earth. It moves with the waters. It moves. Um, a serpent can climb a tree, climb a mountain because it just follows the cracks. If you want to go anywhere or you want to, if you're lost, if you're in the desert, the serpent will help you find the way, <laughs> you know, the serpent will move in like a, in that, and when you look at the serpent, it looks kind of like an S because it's moving from side to side to side and that's to detect its um, surroundings. All right. So it's a very clever animal. It understands its world, its earth, and it understands its place in the earth and it uses the earth to guide it through life. And that's what the woman did when she first decided to use these cycles of life in order to um, track her period, track her gestation or her reproductive cycle, so on, so on. All right. That, and that's why the woman was always so closely um, related to the serpent and why they wrote this allegorical story about the serpent um, in the garden. But let's say that you really do believe that it's a real story and it really happened. There was a serpent who came down and deceived this woman. All right. Well, the serpent gave the woman a choice. It was very clear, like I was saying, on what she, um, what her choices were. And so 
like I said, the serpent is the most cunning, the most crafty, um, and it showed good judgment and it was, it had discernment. So there's nothing wrong with being cunning and crafty and discerning. These are all positive things. And that's what the snake is. It's positive. And the woman is like that. And like I said, that's why they associate this woman as a snake because women are cunning and crafty. You know, <laughs> anyway, I'm going to take a quick break here before I continue on with the details. Should I take a break? You know what? I'm going to run this one all the way through because it, it really is a short one and to the point. But, um, you know what? I changed my mind. I'm going to take a quick break. I'll let you have a break too and I'll be right back. So like I was saying, the, the serpent is very cunning and crafty and discerning. It's a discerning animal. And remember, God made the serpent. So at this point, there's nothing wrong with the serpent. It, in fact, it could have been God itself who told the serpent to go down and see if he or it can convince Eve to do what it does what it did all right so nobody knows that everybody knows that it was a choice and there are consequences or res responsibilities attached to right so if you like i was saying if people people like a ready-made i in the previous podcast like people like this ready-made life where they have their rules written they have um the food that they can just pop into the micro microwave it's already made they can go to a public school where the curriculum is already made. They don't have to do any of the work. They can go to a job and ask somebody to give them a job. They don't have to be entrepreneurial or take on, undertake a specific um, problem and try to resolve that. And people don't want to do that. People want to take the easiest way possible. If somebody says money has value, then they'll agree money has value, even though it doesn't. It's because it's the easiest thing to do. Whatever is the easiest thing to do. Um, I, I don't want to go all the way sideways, but I am going to go um, off, off script for a second here and talk about 
the future that's coming up and everyone thinks that, oh, you know, these people are trying to trick us into moving into a new digital system and they're trying to get us to do this and they're going to get us to take a mark or they're going to make us do. And I'm like, no, the people will choose. If you asked the people in the beginning, that's why I was like, why they never had to do all of this theatrics about pandemics and all of that. No, if they had told the people that this is what it's going to be, the people would do it because the people are like in the cartoons, they're like the little minion. They do need to have a leader and they do need to have a bad guy. So if you give the people a villain and tell them to hate that person, they will hate that person. And if you tell them to love another person, they will love another person. So the people are all have already been programmed to want to be followers to want to be chosen to be selected you know when people are selected for something they feel so good about it but they won't select they don't think that they are um i i guess worthy enough to select somebody for something else okay if i say today that i can certify you in whatever type of specialty you wouldn't you wouldn't take it from me because you already have a system that's been in place that you believe in it you trust in it and you would be certified from that system okay so i can have somebody down uh, the block who's teaching a skill that they know and they're really good at it let's just even for example mechanics they there's somebody who is a master at fixing cars all right electrical vehicles (laughs) and they're masters at their craft but they didn't go to a school to do it and they said well I can certify you you wouldn't want to be certified by that person because you already have a mindset where you believe in the systems that be you've already decided that so nobody had to convince anybody of anything if everyone said today we're moving into a digital existence into a digital world people would just do it people don't need to be convinced anymore they've already been convinced all right. So the the all the convincing and all that going on is more to get the free folk or the free people, right? The ones who feel themselves exempt, the ones who can act as their own authority. The ones who don't need to be chosen and don't need to lean on these manuals. Those are the people who really were the targets of the thing. All right, so like I was saying, let me go back to the Eve in the garden, right? This this serpent was made of God, and so there's nothing wrong with the serpent. Like I said, it's just this little garden snake. It's not doing anything. It just came down to give Eve a choice. So this evil serpent, devil, Satan, all of that stuff is part of a narrative, okay? a narrative outside of the scripture that's something that came later on and words that people want to say and use to describe this thing but that's not what it was it gave her a choice she chose and then she went to adam and offered him the same choice and as the result of that was is that now everyone has the freedom whether they want it or not people have the free will to choose okay people choose what they want people choose to be inside of the systems that exist today and there's nothing wrong with it every time i don't want to call anyone but out but sometimes when i talk to certain people and you say things like that like this is what you want you want it to be like this they'll they'll get upset like they'll actually be offended but then it, uh, if you tell them, well, if you don't want it that way, then just don't do it. And then they'll make up a whole bunch of excuses. So I let me give an example using one of the examples that I was talking about in a previous podcast about the whole censorship um, that's happening in social media. Everyone has a choice not to be in the social media world i haven't been in social media for maybe the last year now i have no desire to be on there i don't feel like talking or sharing or anything anymore sometimes i try i try so hard to say i'm going to go on a live and talk and post something and then 
it's just not there. The desire is not there. It's gone. I'm completely detached from it. And if you, if that's what you want, if it's really something that you want, you can detach from it. If you have issues with the censorship and you feel like you are being censored, I mean, censored from what? Censored from talking to a larger group of people. You can still have conversations with the people around you, with people you love. So you're not really censored. You can still associate freely with whoever you want to associate with for the most part. You can put down your phone and go for a walk and go to meet some friends in the park and not have your phone. You have the choice to do that. But people don't or at this point can't. They've already attached themselves and bonded with those systems. They've bonded with their phone and with the internet and social media. And so these are choices that people make. A lot of people will say, I don't have to carry my phone around. I, I mean, I can't, I don't have a choice but to carry my phone around. Everything is digital. I have to do it. You don't have to. People formed those bonds. You know, I have a cell phone, but I don't carry it around everywhere I go. I don't need to walk with a cell phone. It, it makes no sense for me to do that. I, I don't need it. If I'm with the people I need to be with, I don't need to have that phone with me. Um, I can navigate my world. I lived in a world where I can navigate without a GPS. And so there are signs on the road. You can use that. And so we created these bonds and now it's hard to disconnect from them, but it was always a choice. Anyway, I wanted to do this. Um, I mentioned that for this last podcast, because I think about these, um, these things like the narrative and people wanting to control the narrative so bad. And, you know, you go out of your, out of your way to create a whole entire, oh, the system's falling down and, and the economy is falling and health is falling and everyone's getting sick and everyone's poor and uh, all the prices are high and there's war and there's all this chaos. And I'm like, all of that is unnecessary. I've still haven't even been moved by any of it. I'm like, you're doing all that all of that, that means you didn't even trust your original program because everybody's already under the program. You could have just said, look, this is the way it's going to be. Deal with it. And people would already deal with it because they don't know anything else. They've bonded with it. People are so bonded with the internet that if you said, what would have been more effective is if you said, um, you need to do this or you can't access the internet. Boom. Everybody would have done it. (laughs) without a doubt it's easy to say okay you're not going to have your job or we're going to take away your ability to travel or you can't um you can't afford gas but if you say to these people we're going to take away the internet from you you are not going to be able to access it unless you do this that and the other you get them you got them because everyone's already bonded to that all right anyway off topic let me get way off topic. I, I think I've said what I wanted to say about that. I just wanted to mention this. <laughs> I was looking at something the other day and in the title of the thing, it, it the title was no one's talking about this. It might've been the title or it was the thumbnail. No one's talking about this. And people will say that a lot. Well, why do anyone talk about people are talking about everything. Everyone's talking about everything. You're just not listening to everyone talking about it like some of the things that they say no one's talking about this I said I've talked about that already <laughs> like but we don't know what everyone's talking about I anyway I just wanted to say uh, right now I'm just um a few pet peeves that I, I just want to run through that they're not really pet peeves they're just observations I, I should say um no one's talking about this and that's and now th- these are remember this is not connected to what I was talking about about the chosen and the free okay this is off topic now um and I'm I'm giving you some off topic stuff because when I do get on the live you can talk about whatever I mentioned here all right um and question me on that and then um if I didn't mention something remember you can always leave me a voicemail here at um on anchor I don't even know how to use it, to be honest. Like, I don't even know how to leave myself a message. But um, if you figure it out, you can leave me a message here. Or or catch me on a, on a live or a premiere or something like that. But anyway, <laughs> so back to my observations. These are my mini observations, right? This thing where people say, uh, no one else is talking about. <laughs> anyway, that to the side. 
I was watching um there this I've mentioned this person before who has a YouTube channel called Woodward TV. Um so WTV. It's a very good channel. I could actually stay on that channel for the whole entire day. I've spent the entire day on his channel and just let it run. His content is really really good. So if you haven't um checked out that channel, I would highly recommend. But he was talking about something called smart control. And this actually does relate to controlling the narrative and the optics because now what he's talking about is the device that were you these devices, these new devices like smart devices, smart TVs and smart uh, phones and smart screens, etc. They can emit a certain frequency. Even these devices that people put in their homes, like they have... Um, cameras they have security systems that are completely online security systems you can even go into a website i can access your webcam if i just sign into this website and and um and i know how to access it all right i'm not going to go out of my way to do that and to stalk people or whatever but if somebody really wants to do that just like anything that's online can be hacked a lot of these people who are buying these security systems off amazon are inviting people into their home. You are in an online security system. These, If you have a security system in your home, it should be a closed circuit TV, like a CCTV, okay, where only you can access it. Like if you want to look at the um, camera, you would have your little TVs in a room somewhere in your house. You shouldn't be able to access the camera from your phone. If you can access your camera from your phone or you're on a trip and you can look at your house on your phone, that means anybody can do it, all right? But people are so attached to these smart devices. So before I get into smart control, look how easy it is for your entire life to be tracked from start to finish. You wake up, so your alarm is a smart attached to your smartphone or a smart device of some type and your alarm goes off. Um, you make your coffee and it's on a smart device. So I know what kind of coffee you made, so on, so on. You have, um, or you can ask the machine or program it so that the machine will just pour the coffee for you. They have these types of smart devices. Now you're moving around your house with all these cameras, these smart cameras on it. And so they can sense you. A lot of these video games, especially the ones that are either virtual or VR games or the types of games like um, they had the Wii game where you can move around and the thing actually detects your movements. These things can detect your movements in the house. I think Xbox had some controversy several years back, a few years back, where the device was always on and it was always detecting who was in the room. It has motion sensors. And so your device has that. You go into your car and your car knows everything that you're doing, okay? So your car will know how much coffee you had, what time you woke up, all of that. Everything is tracked and traced. And then in addition to that, your, your wearables like your Fitbit and your phone and et cetera, et cetera. So people, like I said, people are hooked up already. They've already bonded to these things. Nobody needs to convince them of anything. But now these things can actually not just do what you say, but control what you do. And so what Woodward TV was talking about was that the it's possible for these things to emit a certain frequency. So what would happen is if you're tied to a certain, um, if you watch a certain uh, website, I don't know if it can go, if it can pinpoint a specific channel or a specific content, but it is possible and, and that was my next observation, actually, that it is possible for that to happen. Where are you watching or listening to a certain kind of content? Like if you're listening to this podcast right now and you're feeling like you have a headache, you're feeling dizzy or sick or nauseous or whatever, there's a high possibility or a good possibility or it's highly probable, or however you want to say that, that the frequency of the device itself or the device itself is emitting a frequency to make you feel that every time you listen to me. You understand? So in your mind, you're thinking, oh, this person makes me sick. Their content makes me sick. Because there is actually somebody that I listen to. And it's almost as if every single time I listen to this person, I feel dizzy. <laughs> and I'm like, is that real? Are they really doing that to this person? Like, is this person really targeted? But I believe it is possible. 
that every time you listen to a certain content or you go to a certain website or you play a certain app that the phone will emit a frequency. And so in that way, you can control how long somebody listens to something and how they feel about that thing. So you've invited these devices in, especially when it comes to these new earbud devices, because now it's directly connected to your inner ear. And uh, that's how you can emit these frequencies through Bluetooth or whatever they use to do that. Now, why do I say that? This is another observation. Why do I say that these things are possible? That it, Because they want to go out of their way to control everything. It's very difficult to put everybody on digital. First of all, it's expensive. It takes a lot of um, raw materials and actual physical resources to do it. And so when you you have to choose <laughs> specifically they want to choose so the people who are going to get on these devices will be the chosen and I feel like that's why they're adding it into the narrative is because you have to choose who is going to go on this grid because everybody can't go on there the grid cannot maintain everyone all right all of the bandwidth it doesn't have enough bandwidth to collect all of the data about all of the people everywhere in the world billions of people okay they just don't have the technology the resources would have to be updated and upgraded and whatever over time. And so you're constantly having to do that probably every five to 10 years. And so it, you can't really keep up with that. So you have to be specific and choose who's going to get connected into this web. People keep or into this grid connected to the, to the, to the frame. What, what are people calling it? I don't remember what they're calling it, but they think that, oh, these people, these globalists are going to take everybody and put them into the cloud and everybody has to do it. No, they are literally going to choose people. And because people are so hooked on being the chosen, they're going to feel good that they're getting chosen to be hooked up to the mainframe or whatever. <laughs> so why do I say this is possible? Because I've seen what even um, YouTube can do. So YouTube, one time I was talking about how they lifted one song from another. So it's easy to lift a song. If you have the original version of any sound, it could be a sound, um, it could be a, a song, it can be even talking or whatever. If you have the original audio and it matches directly to the audio of the, the audio file, they can lift that sound from it. They just need a copy of the original audio and they can lift the sound out. So a lot of people, they'll have their um, their videos taken down because of some music in the background. I hear people saying that all the time. Oh, I'm in the mall and there's music playing in the background and I don't want to be copyrighted. Well, YouTube can fix that because if there, if you, for example, you're doing a vlog and you're in a store and the store is playing some copyrighted music. Right. YouTube has the ability, actually, because they have the original soundtrack, they have the ability to lift that background noise out of the video. These types of things aren't yet available inside your video editors and your, they should or eventually will become available the same way it's now it's possible to uh, um, on the new. I think it's a new either Samsung or Google phone where you can delete people from the background. So now they're allowing you to do that. Eventually, they'll give you access to the type of technology where you can lift sounds from the background. But right now, YouTube has the ability to do that. They just need the original audio. They can lift the sound out and then fix your copyright issue. But if the, right now, they're, they won't give access to that because they want to be the ones to decide if we're, they're going to strike you or, or give you the opportunity to lift it. So you can lift background music and um, sound also, if you have like, for example, Zoom or Skype or whatever, they also, these YouTube and these are, they're using the same technology that the CIA would use, okay? So if you're on a Zoom call and you're in a specific location and you're trying to hide your location by putting on some Zoom background, they can lift that because they they know what the background is. It's their software, whatever. They can lift the background just to see what's in your background. So even if you choose to blur your background or to use some whatever you're using, some galactic, I'm flying through the space type of background or I'm in um, uh, on Mars type of background or you're in a bunker, whatever you want to put, right? Just make sure that it, whatever is behind you is a clean white wall or whatever because they can lift that. Right. So they have the ability, they have the technology to do these things and to control the narrative and the optics and everything with the technology. 
Another thing about the technology is that I'm not convinced that they have everything that they say they have. Like, for example, they're talking about all these soldiers and you see the Boston Dynamics or whatever they're called, right? Where they're showing you all these soldiers and robots and um, robot soldiers or whatever, right? All these high-tech laser beam weapons, they can you can be in your house and these laser beams can come through the wall and kill you and... Like, okay, so they have all that, and yet they're fighting a ratchet war that's taken. If you have those types of weapons, you shouldn't be fighting a war for more than, like, a few days. If you can really heat somebody up, there's no need to, like, blast buildings and whatever, whatever. So I, the only thing that makes sense is that maybe they're trying to, you know, when you get new technology, you kind of have to use up the gold technology. So that's the only reason why I could see they're fighting these wars with their ratchet weapons, because... I mean, if you have all these high-tech weapons and these unmanned drones and all these things that people are talking about, these people have all this nanotech, they can have nanobots and nano soldiers coming up in your body and killing you. You have all that, all that, and you're still like out there with an AK? <laughs> like that doesn't even make any sense. All right. Anyway, the I, I know I said it was kind of like off, like it wasn't related, but it kind of is because it all has to do with trying to control, okay? So the ones that often choose the chosen want to also control the chosen, okay? And they kind of employ these types of tactics and um, methods and technologies and so on and so on to do it, all right? Um, I think uh, that is it. For that, this is, like I said, um, there was one more thing I was going to say about <laughs> the pineal gland, but I'm actually going to save that for the live because I'm going to start the live out with that about this thing about activating the pineal gland. So let me just say it here so that I don't forget so I can come back here as a reference. Um, because all, this has to do when I go to summarize everything I've been talking about these last three podcasts. It's about this idea of activating the pineal gland. And I'm going to say this here. <laughs> you cannot activate the pineal gland. The pineal gland activates you. So I'll say that so that I don't forget. Because people have this. Uh, I can go on about it and I will be going on about it. But I'm just going to use it as a um, reference here. Um, because people think that, and I keep saying this over and over, but you got to have to say it over and over, I guess, these days, but people think that they can activate the pineal gland, but the pineal gland, and I'll end it off with this, the pineal gland activates you. The pineal gland is responsible for your blinking, breathing, sleep cycle, your menstrual cycle, your heartbeat your dreams, etc. Automatic cycles. The pineal organ is responsible for that. If you turn it off or if it's not activated, you will not be animated. You will not be activated. You will not be able to survive. We have been lied to about what this organ is, but if you took out the pineal gland, the person would fall to the ground. It doesn't exist. It cannot live without it. It equalizes everything in the body. And so when people use this word, activating the pineal gland, that's gibberish, okay? And so I want to start off the next podcast or the next um, live with that. For now, I'm going to do the live um, at the beginning of the summer. I am going to say that. I'll give the people who go over to the anchor a chance to listen to this podcast. And then um, I'll post these over on YouTube eventually for the YouTube community to listen to. Anyway, until we meet again, take care of yourself.